Hello, welcome to the Marketing in Minutes podcast. I'm your host, Colby Klusterman, and happy Friday, everybody. Um, I am joined for the last time this week with our very special guest, Ryan Hornick. Ryan, thanks again. I think we've had some great conversations this week, and I'm excited to wrap it up on a positive note for this Friday. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. If you haven't listened to Monday and Wednesday's episodes, go do that. Um, you can kind of get to know Ryan a little bit better. But uh, Ryan, you are the co-founder and managing partner of the brand marketing company. You told me um, you and your wife are the co-founders, which is really exciting. And I would imagine like one of those perks is working from home, which it looks like you're doing now. Is that correct? That is correct. It's a uh, good and bad because I have two little kids. Oh, so yep. You have to, you have to man- yeah, manage the three and one year old tornadoes that are <laughs> ripping through my house currently. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, at least you have a, a door, you can close it and keep them hopefully yeah. entertained outside. <laughs> That's right. Awesome. Well, um, like I said, we've been talking about branding all week. We've had some really great conversations on rebranding and, um, common branding mistakes, but I want to wrap it up on a, the note of building a cohesive hand brand strategy and how to be successful at branding. So that's what our question is today. How do I build a cohesive brand strategy? And let's kick it off with that question. Can you kind of define for us what is a cohesive brand strategy? Yeah, so it, this comes this can come twofold. Um, so there's there's companies that have one brand, there's companies that have multiple brands. And regardless of one or multiple under the same umbrella, you need to have the strategy from the top. And as soon as the strategy comes from the top, meaning the top of the marketing team, right, and hopefully the top of the organization through the marketing team, then you can you can unveil that throughout the entire organization. So it starts with marketing and then it it ripples through the entire organization. So that goes, it's not just your logo, it's not just your look, it's your messaging and it's your strategy. So what we're, so where we're displaying our logo and our messaging, how we're displaying it, and what is our strategy behind certain platforms, certain initiatives, certain partnerships is a big one too, who we're partnering with as an organization, whether that be community outreach or other organizations to do co-branding, that all needs to be aligned. Because when I'm saying I'm, I'm partnering with a certain organization and a nonprofit, for example, I'm saying those are values I believe in. Well, those values better align with my company values, right? And that better be that messaging better be consistent on my website, right? And then that then that better align with the products and services. I'm saying that this is the people behind it. So it's not just say we're the best. Well, why are we the best? And then when you talk to my sales team, that message is consistent as well. So that all starts from the top and it ripples out. Um, strategy included. Yeah. So I know when maybe someone hears the term like brand strategy, you might just think logos, colors, things like that. But it, I mean, it's like you said, it's tone of voice in your messaging. It's who you work with, who you partner with. I think those are things that people don't typically think of. I didn't really think about it that way before this. Um, so it's more than just the look and feel of the website. It's, it's your values. It's who you are. It's who you work with. Um, so can you, now that we kind of have that understanding, can you give us some examples of a cohesive brand strategy or some components that go into that? I don't know if there's like a company you have in mind that you're like, yes, they have a really great brand strategy. I'm sure like Nike comes to mind for a lot of people, but I'd love to hear your opinion um, as someone who's worked in branding for so long. Yeah. So I'll, I'll use two big ones um, that have multiple brands underneath the greater brand. So you can kind of get a feel for it. So um, the first one would be Procter & Gamble. Right? When you think of Procter & Gamble, you have all these different brands under the greater brand, right? That you don't even think of. Clorox, right? Tide, Febreze, 
right? So they're having a really great brand strategy under the greater Procter & Gamble brand for each of those subbrands. And they're so consistent across all of them that the typical consumer probably doesn't think of buying a Procter & Gamble product when you're buying Tide. You think I'm buying Tide, right? So that, that is incredible consistency. And then to be able to duplicate that across all of the brands that they have um, is obviously why they're very successful. Now, a different type of approach to that same type of um, example is FedEx. So FedEx has different sub-brands underneath the greater brand, right? You think of FedEx Express, FedEx Ground, mm. right? So they tied in their sub-brands and their sub-services to the greater overall brand. So if you're, using, if you're getting FedEx Ground, you know it's FedEx, right? And it's con their, their logo and the, it, it's consistency across their branding, but it's slightly differentiated so you know the sub-services that go along with that. And then each one is differentiated just a little bit, but it's also tied into the greater overall brand that you know, again, the service and the product that you're getting when you're interacting with these companies. Um, very, very well done on, on both sides. And that's, those are more challenging because there's sub-brands uh, within the greater brand. It's, it's, it's a little bit easier when you're just dealing with one versus many, like Procter & Gamble is. Yeah, absolutely. I would have never... I honestly had no idea Tide was a part of um, Procter & Gamble. So <laughs> like you said, they're, they're doing a good job. Um, mm -hmm. So those are great examples because typically like Nike, you know, things like that. Those are things that get thrown around all the time. So right. um, I'm glad you, sh you shared those. Um, so taking inspiration from some of those brands that do a great job, what are some steps that I can take as an individual, as someone that works at a company, as an owner of a company to ensure that we have a cohesive brand strategy. What are some of those big um, like points and checkboxes you want to hit? Yeah, the, big, the biggest checkbox is your brand guidelines, making sure that those brand guidelines are uh, one up to date um, and like two solidified, making sure they're, they're full front to back done. Everything, every box is checked on your brand guide. Yeah, I was just going to jump in there. So up to date, how often do we want to keep that up to date? Is it yearly? Is it every other month? Is it every quarter? Is it every 10 years? Like, what does that look like to you? Well, so that, that that's an it depends a little bit, <laughs> Colby. So it's whenever you're, there's a very fine line between expanding your brand and developing your brand and then finding the time for a rebrand, right? So as you're expanding your brand, you're going to find other sub initiatives and subcategories within that branding that you want to add to your brand guide. And once you do, so you, something as simple as a font, right? We want to add this sub font into using these specific examples. Well, when the marketing team defines that font and there's like, yes, that fits with our current branding, you need to add that to your brand guide. So it's as it happens, you need to add it. It's not let's revisit it later because in that in-between period, you're going to become inconsistent. You're going to be off brand in certain points because now we don't know when we're supposed to be using those certain elements. So as you're defining them within your current brand, you need to be adding that to your brand guide. And that needs to be approved through your marketing team and, and whoever, if you're doing marketing at the top of your organization, whoever would be overseeing your marketing team at the, the top level. And then as soon as you're, you're trying to get outside those brand guides, you're like, this doesn't even make sense anymore. Now we're talking rebrand. Now we're talking, well, maybe it's time for a little bit of an overhaul in some way, shape, or form. Maybe we need a bigger change than just adding these, these sub-elements. Um, it's got to be fluid. It's got to be fluid, and it's got to be mm -hmm. checked. We can't just add stuff just to add it, or else we'll be inconsistent and off-brand. Yeah, okay. That, that makes sense. I'm glad I asked that because 
typically my mind's like, oh, we'll just revisit it every quarter, but it's not that simple. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I cut you off. That was the first thing is that consistent brand guide, make sure that, making sure that's up to date. Um, what are some of those other steps you were uh, going to mention? Yeah. So when, when your brand guide's up to date, then you need to stick to it, right? So now you need to have processes in place. Um, organizations are different. Um, I like to have the consistency in the brand guide, the, the police of that needs to be your design team, your highest creative person within the organization really needs to be your checkbox on the visual side of are we on brand or not? Because they're gonna have the eye for it and they're gonna know exactly who um, is on brand and who's not. So you need to have that trustworthiness to make sure that you're on brand. And then two, your, your messaging needs to be consistent across the organization per your marketing team. Right. So it, it starts from the brand guide. It builds up through the marketing team. They establish what that means in conjunction with the vision and messaging of the senior leadership of the organization. Um, so that's why I think it's so important to have a marketing voice at the top level because they can communicate that very clearly from the marketing team and what and that what makes sense and what doesn't on the branding and messaging side and how that aligns with what the sales team is telling their customers and what the accounting team is telling are their vendors. So that that's that's how you, you build that out. And um, then just every, it just takes teamwork and collaboration. The marketing team says that's off brand, we need to have a conversation on it and we can't just go around them because it's more convenient and now we're off brand and now we're out of alignment because it was more convenient for me to kind of ignore what the marketing team was saying than just to, the, right? If they're saying no, that doesn't make sense, then we need to at least have a conversation as to why it doesn't make sense. And if we need to update it, maybe it goes the whole way down to the brand guide. Yeah. Do you think uh, in some point of this process, it's, it's important to have a, a conversation, whether with it's, whether it's with the whole team or, you know, leaders of um, just like the top level, but for people to understand how important branding is, because I could totally see someone in like IT or engineering or something like that being like, well, this is just easier. It's faster. We're just going to do it this way. Um, but from a marketing branding perspective, it like the brand is very important. And so is having that conversation a piece of this puzzle? Yeah. Having a conversation is a piece of this puzzle and really the biggest piece, and this is so much easier said than done is having empowerment from senior leadership to having marketing be able to voice that. So if marketing sees something from IT that's off brand, they reach out to them saying, hey, that, that's off brand, and then just helping them get it back on track. Because it might just be a simple mistake from IT. They might not be trying to like go around them. They just might not know better, which is probably more likely the case. They're probably just thinking they're doing what's best when it's really not, um, and just a simple mistake. And then that empowerment. So when they know the marketing team reaches out saying, hey, can we correct this? There's no argument. There's no, oh, sorry, or whatever. Let's just, let's just get it fixed and we'll move on. There's just, it's no harm, no foul. I think that is the biggest thing. It's just the simple empowerment and acknowledgement throughout the organization that this matters. So when they, when you get a, you know, get a message saying, Hey, can we update this please? There's no pushback or it's collaborative. And that's, like I said, a little bit easier said than done, depending on the, the organization, the size, the people, the culture. Um, but that would be best. Yeah, definitely. I love that. I mean, more power to marketing, the empowerment for the marketing team, getting that seat at the table. I think those are all good things for sure. Um, any other steps that we didn't really touch on for making sure we have this cohesive brand strategy? Uh, cohesive, yeah. So uh, the, the final thing would be um, really, so you can't silo marketing, right? So there needs to be really great cross-collaboration, cross-functional initiatives that happen. 
So it's not just like we're having a seat at the table and then the sales team is just doing whatever the CEO is telling them per the marketing team. Well, the marketing team should be working really closely with the sales team, right? The marketing team should be working really closely with the talent acquisition team. And those cross-functional collaborative initiatives is really what's going to drive your consistency in your strategy, in your approach. And then that's going to drive updates to and improvements to what you're working on because the talent acquisition team might be like, hey, when we're recruiting people, this is what they're hearing or this is what's going to work. In the marketing team, some light bulb might go off and all of a sudden you've got new ideas, you're innovating, you're moving everybody forward. Um, that's, that's probably just as important, like I said, with empowering the marketing team. You just got a really good cross-functional collaboration is probably maybe the most important. Yeah, no, I, I love that. Uh, collaboration is is king and queen, you know, I think. So um, that's, that's a great point to end on. And I think we could talk about brand strategy and cohesive brand strategy for a lot longer, but uh, we try to keep these short. So I think this is a good place to wrap up here. If people do want to keep these conversations going and like I said, pick your brain or um, learn more about the work you are doing, um, where where's a good place for them to find you? Yeah, so we're on um, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, website is brand-marketingcompany.com. Um, and then you can always reach out to me on LinkedIn under my name, Ryan Hornack. Awesome. Um, and I've said this before, but I will link those in our show notes for anyone um, who is looking for just a quick link. Um, Ryan, thanks so much for jumping on this week. I had some really fun conversations. Um, so glad we were able to connect on LinkedIn and yeah, it, it was just a pleasure. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you all for spending a few minutes with us today. Please feel free to rate us five stars on Apple podcast and Spotify. Have a great weekend and we'll talk to you next time. See ya.